Welcome everybody to the Safina Society, nothing but facts live stream. And today we are on the Shema'il of Tirmidhi. But first, I want to bring up a story here that is almost so bad that it's hilarious. Okay, it's almost, it's so bad, this story, that it's almost funny. But it, it really shows like how sad the situation has gotten in, in this country from in terms of entitlement and pampering kids to the point that objectivity is going out the window. All right, you all see this dude? Okay, you all see this, uh, this, uh, this old man? This poor old guy. His name is Matron Jones. Maitland Jones. He's... He's an organic chemistry legend. Any medical students out there, this is going to be on your radar. You, you, you should probably, you'll probably know him because his textbook is the book in organic chemistry. Now, who cares about organic chemistry, right? No, none of us. But what happened to him is that students at NYU, where he taught, he's been teaching for like 45 years. He is a tenured professor. His book is the book on the subject matter. So what happened to this poor guy? The students were failing organic chemistry. Well, if you know any medical students, I think any one of us who's been to MSA, half the MSA is medical students, right? And organic chem, this is the one where, this is the course where they weed you out. I remember seeing kids, you know, completely nervous in organic chem, fried out, and then just they, fl- they, they flame out of medical school. Well, a lot of people were failing his class, and that's what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to weed out these kids that that aren't serious. They're not strong enough because this is the medical field here, right? This is the medical field. You can't have people messing up. Well, Maitland Jones, despite his storied reputation and his tenure, okay, and he'd been rated as one of the coolest professors, in, the, in his high-stake course, okay, it was too hard, the students were saying. The professor defended his standard. The, the professor thought this is nothing. So out of 350 students in a seminar, or not a seminar, but uh, uh, this, this massive course, a seminar usually a smaller course where they talk a lot, well, 88 kids got together and they wrote a petition. What's this petition all about? This petition is all about that there's no extra credit. The course is too hard. And our, our dreams of going to medical school have been uh, shattered because we failed or, uh, this, this man's course, Dr. Jones' course. All right? Well, what happens? He gets a call from the dean. And first he's like, oh, I laugh it off. Like, you, you, you write, you're protesting. You didn't protest your grades. You get the grade that you earn. Discussion over, right? No. His dean said, please extend a gentle but firm hand on the, to the students and those who pay the tuition bills because this is a private school and they totally rely on the parents who are alumnus and all that stuff. Okay. The university took the petition, all right, and began addressing it and asking him to... Make peace with these students. 
Are we at war, says Dr. Jones? No, they either got the grades or they didn't get the grades. What is so difficult about this? The deans, he says, are going for some bottom line and they want happy students because that's really how the university progresses by having happy students. Okay? In short, this, the, this one unhappy chemistry class could be a case study of the pressures on higher education as it tries to handle its Generation Z student body. So all oh, this is fine, it's a bunch of complaining, no problem, but look where it reached. This August, Dr. Jones, 84, tenured, who has a 1,300-page textbook called Organic Chemistry, which now is his fifth edition. He pioneered new methods of instruction, has been terminated. They got the guy fired. Why? Because they asked for extra credit, that the class is too hard. The dean said, work with these students. He said, no, how is that fair to all the other students? For years, I've been roasting students, and the strong survive, and the, the, the weak die off, and they don't join the medical profession. They could be anything else. It, don't you want that for someone who's cutting open your body or cutting open your kid's body? Do you want a kid who got by on extra credit or on um, a protest? The school said that, suggested wipe away all the bad grades and start from scratch. What? What? That's, it, that's like the height of corruption uh, uh, when you do this. All right, so what about all the other kids? And why not have a hearing where you can hear what the professor did and said? Should universities ease pressure on students, many of whom are still coping with the pandemic's effect on their mental health and schooling? Oh, please. Yeah, please. Um, so no offense to anybody, but seriously, wouldn't the restaurant owners and people who actually suffered financially be the ones who could talk about suffering from the pandemic? What did you suffer from? And not to belittle anything, but to the degree that your grades should be doctored, then you shouldn't be in school. You should be in a mental health institution at that point, not taking organic chem, if the pandemic is what made you suffer so badly. Now, some people are going to say, oh, you're so harsh on the kids. It's not harsh. There, are, there have got to be some standards here. There have to be some standards, okay, of what is, you know, a calamity and what isn't. How is staying home a calamity, right? How should universities respond to the, these complaints by professors? And now here's the question. They got this poor guy fired. All the other professors are shaking in their boots. But during the crisis, they abandoned the guy. They abandoned him during the crisis. Now they realize, oh shoot, it could be me next. It's the famous story of, I was killed the day the Red Bull was killed. So there's a Red Bull, Black Bull, and a White Bull. Famous old story. So a wolf comes in and he says, let me, he says, hey Red Bull, let me, uh, 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 sorry, Black Bull, let me eat the Red Bull. And he goes, hey White Bull, I'll spare you, let me just eat the Red Bull. They all say, okay, as long as we're spared, Right? And then after the Red Bull's done, he goes to the Black Bull. He said, let me eat the White Bull, and I'll spare you. He's all right, as long as I'm spared. And then he goes to the, finally, who's left? Only the Black Bull, with no protection. So uh, he says, okay, well, you have no protection now. He eats him. And then the, the bull says, I was eating the day the Red Bull was eaten, which is the day that we capitulated to one of our own, get dragged in the mud and, and killed. So... Let's see what else happens here. Students were misreading exam questions at an astonishing rate. 
said the grievance, uh, said, the, said someone about this grievance. Grades fell as he reduced the difficulty of his exams. Even he reduced it. But they still, the grades fell. The problem was exacerbated by the pandemic. In the last two years, the grades fell off a cliff. Now we see single-digit scores and even zeros on exams. Is he making up new exams? Did organic chemistry change in two years? Or is just the student body is just weaker? After several years of COVID learning loss, the students not only didn't study, they didn't even know how to study, said Dr. Jones. After COVID, they don't know how to study. Now, maybe if the students are all getting single digits, then something has to happen. You prob- and that probably means you have to divide the course into two terms and decrease the material per class because people don't know how to study anymore. And I, I've, I've always wondered, how do these kids with MacBooks and textbooks, how does that work? How does a textbook even compete with the MacBook? Now the textbook is on a PDF. How does that even compete? How do you think? I, can, I personally can't think. If I have any device next to me, in, next to a book, it, there's no competition. Okay, Dr. Jones and two other professors taped the lectures so students could watch them again over and over and over. So the guy isn't completely a World War II um, type of veteran that is, you know, um, busting everyone's chops and not caring. He's trying to work at it. They sat there and they taped all the lectures, 52 lectures of organic chem. Dr. Jones said that he personally paid, personally, five grand to have these videos made. By the way, he underpaid. Okay, just from someone who knows the video world, you could have charged a lot more. Still, that wasn't enough. Well, underpaid, that's good for him. He got a good deal, I should say. In 2020, 30 students out of 475 filed a petition asking for help. All right, so his assistant said the kids were struggling. They didn't have good internet coverage at home, all sorts of things. Really, they didn't have good internet coverage. That's sort of hard to believe in this day and age. But fine, let's pass that. The professors assuaged the students in an online town hall meeting. Unbelievable. Let's have a town hall meeting because you're failing. All right, fine. The professors are still working with the students. Then they have other problems. They're cheating because the tests are all online. How do you measure this? How do you govern this? You can't. So they're cheating. So he pushed the grades down and noted egregious misconduct. And they protested. They were not given the grades that would allow them to get into medical school. You're not given grades. You earn grades, right? See, I'm not coming from the times of the hard times. But I love the people who came from the hard times. And I believe in that method, right? Pull yourself together. That's it. Discussion over. Pull yourself together. Figure out, you have to make sacrifices if you want to succeed and you're not succeeding. Stop complaining about the circumstances. They weren't coming to class, he says. Because I can count who's in the class. That's how few the students were. They weren't watching the videos because I can see the video count number, the views. So they're not studying, okay? That's why they weren't able to answer the questions. So it's not like he's the only the guilty guy. And his class is too hard all of a sudden. It's not the case. Students could choose between two sections. One was problem solving. The other was traditional lectures. So he made yet another uh, 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 for the students, whatever you want to call it. What is it? Accession? No. Um, exception. exception or and, and, and conceded more to the students. All right. 
students in both sections created a group me chat to share knowledge on the subject and share problems. And but on the group me chat is where all the venting happens. And this not this not like all the Islamic schools and all the organizations. It's the WhatsApp chat where all the fitness starts. People love fitness and WhatsApp. Okay. Unbelievable. So these WhatsApp chats and group me chats. What is group me, right? It's different than WhatsApp. Same thing, basically. The same thing, but for college students, have a different Why is that? What's the difference? The app is the same, right? Yeah. All right. So they go in, whine and complain, and all the mashak could begin from WhatsApp chats. We're very concerned about our scores and find that they're not an accurate reflection of the time and effort put in the class. The students criticized Dr. Jones' decision to reduce the number of midterms exams from three to two. Well, you're failing. That's why. He, which flattens their chance to compensate for lower grades. They said that he had tried to conceal course averages. Does he have to tell you what everyone else got? He doesn't have to tell you. If you're just joining us, we're reading a story about an NYU professor for over like 45 years that the students petitioned and marched okay, against him and got him fired. And I'm looking at this and seeing like that a lot of people feel this is totally unfair and it reflects a, a, a really bad concession by the uh, adults to the Gen Z types. Okay. The student, students criticized Dr. Jones' decision, blah, blah, blah. And he said that he has a condescending and demeaning tone. So? You need to be in the army. Uh, he should give you hugs. We urge you to realize, the petition said, that a class with such high percentage of withdrawals and low grades has failed to make students' learning and well-being a priority. Your well-being is not my priority. And reflect poorly on the chemistry department as well as the institution as a whole. There is some merit that if all your students are suffering, and that, like there should be a bell curve, not the, not the bell curve for grading, but naturally there should be a bell curve, right? In the sense that a few people are amazing, most of the people are in the middle, and some people are at the bottom, right? But that just goes to show that you're effective to the audience that you're, you're, you're listening to, or that's listening to you. So there, there is some merit to the complaint. But the university took it way beyond bounds, all right? Dr. Jones said in an interview that he had reduced the number of exams because the university scheduled the first test date after six classes, which is too soon. So he has a reason for everything he's doing. He's not some kind of tyrant out there. Why would he benefit from that? On the accusation that he concealed course averages, he said they were impossible to provide because 25% of the grade relies on lab scores and a final lab test. But the students were otherwise aware of all their grades. Oh, the students wanted course averages for themselves. Okay, I see. As for Zoom access, he said technology in the lecture hall made it impossible to record his whiteboard problems. Zakaria Ben Sliman. Looks like a Muslim here. Uh, maybe he's Jewish, but uh, Moroccan for sure. A teaching assistant. It doesn't make a difference what his dean is, but I'm just noting that as a name because it's not normal to see that uh, type of name in the New York Times. But uh, he's a teaching assistant and a problem-solving section of the course. He defended Dr. Jones. He says, I think, in an email he wrote to the university, the petition was more out of unhappiness with exam scores than an actual tr feeling of being treated unfairly, says Mr. Ben Sliman. 
now a PhD student at Harvard. So obviously he did pretty good in Mr. Jones's class. I have noticed that many of the students who consistently complained, thank you for using the word complaints, I hate these whiners, they complained about the class, did not use the resources we afforded them. Ryan Zhu, who took the course, said that he found Dr. Jones likable and inspiring. This is a big lecture course, and it also has the reputation of being a weed-out class. Of course, these humongous lecture courses, the teacher's not going to get to know everybody. He's only going to get to know the people who go to office hours or who sit in the front. Right? There are people who will not get the best grades. Some of the comments might have been very heavily influenced by what grade the student got. Other students, though, seemed shell-shocked from the experience. In interviews, several of them said Dr. Jones was keen to help students who asked questions, but that he could also be sarcastic and downbeat about the class's poor performance. What do you want? Cheerleaders, that's what they want. See, these people have, they don't know the old school generation. These people grew up in World War II and their dads went to World War I. That's just from a historical, sociological perspective. These guys are going to come out a bit tougher. And you're lucky. You wouldn't have a country. You'd be speaking Germany half the, half the, half the world if they didn't go to World War I or World War II. And so you can't blame them for being tough as nails, some of these old guys. I like them. Even though I wasn't, you know, I never grew up on that. I grew up on the same softness as these people. These people are way more soft, right? At least we had some of that old world toughness. No nonsense. You don't complain. Complain? Unbelievable. Complain. Oh, whenever we went to a teacher and the American teacher would be like shocked, my dad would say, oh, do what you want with them, right? As long as the, skin, the, 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 the bones are mine, the skin is yours. And the American teacher would be like, wait, sir, that's illegal, right? But... That's how most of us people grew up, either Egyptian or Daisy from the old school. That's how your parents treated another elder. We expect the other elder to be as tough as, as the parent. And it was like, like shameful when a mom or a dad would side with their kid over another parent. That's just, it's a generational thing. But that doesn't mean that there's not something that's better than something else. That way, I'm telling you, well, the way of toughness is always better than this whatever this Care Bear stuff is that they, these kids were raised upon, that they think the university has to care about their well-being. Nobody cares about you. People need to be told that a little bit more. You want a hug? Go home. <laughs> After the second midterm, for which the average hovered around 30%, the guys roasted these kids. They said that they feared for their futures. So One student was hyperventilating. So, so study it a little bit more. Students are also described by be, as uh, described being surprised. Now, this is what happened. The university tried to talk to the man. The man said, are you out of your minds? I'm not conceding one grade. Okay. They fired him. Now the poor students, not poor students, they're like, wait, you fired the guy? We didn't want that. We didn't want you to fire him. So the, the, the management doesn't understand the students either. The students are... You know, like, they're complaining and whining, but they didn't even expect this, right? And uh, I was talking to a brother the other day, and he said that, this reminds me of that, Muslims who don't know how to go to interfaith conferences, and all the Jew and the Christian want to do is they want to talk, right? Yet the Muslim doesn't know this, right? So he goes way over the top, and he says, by the way, you're going to heaven too, and you're going to heaven too, and, and it's all, we're all good. And the Jews and Christians are like, wait, wait, we don't expect that. We know that that's not true. We don't expect that from you. You don't have to change your religion to join this interfaith conference. We just want to talk. It's like you don't know when you overdo it. 
because you don't understand what they're actually whining about. So these students, now some of them feel bad that we got the poor man fired. I ask, ask the deans here, you just set a precedent that students could just complain and get a guy fired. Now, this professor, he asked a very good question, and all the other professors in the department. Question, was there a hearing for this poor guy? He didn't even get a hearing. Was there a hearing where the dean sat and like had a trial? Or just a hearing? For, is a, tr- is no he- a hearing is different from a trial in that we're just listening. There's, there's no, no one's going to be pronounced right or wrong. Just let me hear your side. Let me hear your side. You get to retort to what he said. You get to f- retort to what he said. And we leave it there and we'll make a decision. That's just a hearing. Every professional organization has this. Okay, So there was no hearing. And all the other professors are now who abandoned him during the crisis. They're, now they're shaking in their boots. All right. Now this controversy illustrates a sea change in teaching from an era when professors set the bar and the class was, met to, uh, was expected to meet the bar to now the current supportive, student-centered approach. Why would you be at the center? For what have you earned being at the center and that things should revolve around you? I'm telling you, the nefs has gone wild. All right? The nefs has just gone wild. Dr. Jones learned to teach during a time when the goal was to teach at a very high level and a rigorous level. Wait a second. Isn't that good? Don't you want that? That's why you had a good country with institutions that people would come and get cured here. Kings, like the king of Jordan, would come and get his cancer cured in Minnesota. Or Ohio where some of the best cancer hospitals are located. We hope that students will see that putting them through that rigor is doing them good. I'm telling you, man. James Canary, the chairman of the department, said he admired Dr. Jones's course content. But about a year ago, his communications, his communication with students became skeletal and harsh, harsh, because he can't tolerate you whiners, that's why, the poor guy, I, I'm all for this guy, he hasn't changed his styles or methods in good many years, the students have changed though, and they were asking for and expecting more support, okay, let's give hugs after class, from the faculty when they're struggling, I'm 50-50 a little bit because I do understand that it's not people's fault. It's not Generation Z's fault that they've been inundated with devices and media that have caused attention span to get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. And the ability to look at a black and white page like this, it's really hard to adjust. So on one hand, I get that. On the other hand, you still need to do all this to be a doctor. Like, we can't have doctors who have low attention spans, right? Forgetting napkins inside of the patient or whatever errors could possibly happen. So on the one hand, he's right too, that if, you, if you're like that, if you're that mentally weak, you can't be in the medical, in the surgical profession or prescribing medicines or people's lives are in your hands. So isn't that fair? Right on one, yeah. So maybe I think the solution is four years of college and four years of medical school may not be long enough. Uh, it, you might need more time because kids are slower. That's just how it is in in certain fields. They may be faster in other fields. 
than older generations, previous generations. But if they're slower, you also can't weed it out such that we have no doctors anymore. So I'm for all for, for in a sense, you got to take people who are suffering something. I think a lot of youth are suffering. These kids are suffering. And from the perspective of they can't control their society, their society's filled them with distraction. So why, why is, that's not their fault. But they need to be guided out of this, right? So I, I would actually, as somebody who is always around kids and youth these days, advocate for a little bit of a middle. The World War II guys, it's too much. They're also too much, right? But there's got to be a middle. And I think that you should spend a lot of time with that World War II guys. Those old school dudes in their 60s and their 70s, you should spend a lot of time with them. They'll set you straight. But they, they, they just can't, the new generation can't handle, you know, your ways, not because no one's born weak. It's the society that made them weak, right? So at the same time, they, they, they need some help too. Yeah, if I was to judge myself, if I wouldn't want any of the shiuch of the past to judge me on their standard, I'll fail a, a thousand times out of a thousand times because we have fitan that they didn't have, right? And that's why Allah Ta'ala is only the judge. Right, so uh, you'd want some extra mercy, and I think that um, as much as they despise this whining and this complaining, but nonetheless, there is a point, okay, that society's changed and has made things really sort of, in a way, unfair um, for kids to uh, to be able to focus. So they, they these schools need to be more. They need to be more time over more more years. Okay, so the NYU calls these stumble courses where a lot of students get D's and F's, right? So my thing, the standard has to be the same, but it doesn't have to be in this short amount of time. You could break up the course into two or three parts. Isn't that a fair, am I speaking, Ryan, am I speaking sense? One course in, like there's an organic Look, these old dudes, they're jamming a textbook this big in, in three months, right? Mm-hmm. The kids are all failing out. So, but the, the professor is saying, you must learn this stuff. And the kids are saying, we can't. So isn't the solution then to spread the course out over guess, two or three years? I guess so, but then who, can, who would waste their time doing that for two or three years? You're going to have to say, hey, do you want to be a doctor or not, right? Yeah. You want to be a doctor, then you, you still need to be an expert at all these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is in Rutgers, at least. Like, everybody just gets, like, 25s. And, like, a 25 is actually a good 95 because yeah. of the curve. Because of the curve, yeah. So you know one quarter of what need, what was on the test. And then you could look up the rest later. I guess so. Look, look in Islamic scholarship, things dwindled, too, because the society changed. For example, in the past, there was no such thing as a sheikh ever looking up something in a book, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely never looking up an ayah or a hadith. You had that stuff memorized. But... Over time, what did they say? They said the scholar is now somebody who knows where the answer is in a book, right? You've heard that. Because things changed. Azhar, to ad- ad- admission was memorized in the Quran, to, to be admitted. Fast forward a couple decades, you graduate with four juz. I, I was shocked, right? But that's how it is. The, the things are the, the getting weaker, making people weaker. So. Um, all right, so he says, 
Now, this is very good. Do these courses need to be punitive in order to be rigorous? So in other words, it could be rigorous, but it doesn't have to be like a, a punishment, right? In the sense that it totally demoralizes the kids. So in the sense that you can keep the rigor up, right? Find another way to get them to that standard. Dr. Kirschenbaum said he worried about any effort to reduce the course's demands. So don't reduce the course demands, but spread it out a little bit. Noting that most students in organic chem want to be doctors. You want to be a doctor, pay the price. If nobody could pay the price of finishing organic chem in a certain time, extend the time a little bit. Unless you appreciate these transformations at the molecular level, I don't think you can be a good physician. And I don't want you treating patients. Old school. Thank you very much. I like this. In August, Dr. Jones received a short note from Gregory uh, Gabadadze, Dean for Science, terminating his contract. Unbelievable. How, how do you terminate it? Uh, first of all, I thought that tenure means you can't get terminated unless there's something egregious against the school policy. Dr. Jones's performance did not rise to the standards we require from our teaching faculty. This Dr. Gabadadze declined to be interviewed, but Mr. Beckman defended the decision, saying Dr. Jones had been the target of multiple student complaints about dismissiveness, unresponsiveness, condescension, and opacity about grading. All right, maybe there was something about the guy. He got old and he got grumpy. Okay. Dr. Jones's course evaluations were by far the worst, not only among members of the chemistry department, but among all universities' undergrad science courses. Professors in, chem, in the chem department have pushed back. Okay, they, yeah, because they saw their friend's head rolling down the hallway and they're like, oh, maybe we might be next. This is setting a bad precedent. It lacked due process. There was no hearing. Okay, and it could undermine faculty freedoms. So as soon as a kid whines about a grade, we're going to be scared for our jobs? It can't be like that. You're supposed to be a murabbi. Okay, one of the 20 chemistry professors, mostly tenured, who signed the letter said the university's actions may deter rigorous instruction. No, no, Americans can't be treated with rigor anymore. It's hugs, hugs and kisses. That's how American kids have become. Now the faculty who are not tenured are looking at this case and thinking, wow, what if this happens to me? Dr. Jones said, I don't even want my job back. I don't deal with these kids anymore or this ridiculous faculty. Okay, I just want to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. Oh, the comments. New York Times comment section is the best. Okay, 6,000 comments. It's taken like a, a minute to load here. Now, why am I reading this? Because I always liked the topic of toughness, mental toughness. Anything that comes on the, on the topic of mental toughness, I'm into this topic, right? Because it's something that we weren't, society didn't create us with mental toughness. Like, it didn't push and, and encourage any mental toughness. Like, we're encouraged the opposite. We're softened. So mental toughness has to be something we actively do. Okay? Not being able to be a doctor is not a real tragedy that you have to hyperventilate about, says Boston Ethics. He's saying that not being able to be a doctor, that's not a human right or anything. It is a tragedy, though, when a highly esteemed institution degrades itself. Okay? by capitulating to kids. Interesting, my son took organic chem at a good university from a renowned professor. Son claimed he didn't pay attention at the lecture and just showed up to hang out with his friends. The top student 
ranked just ahead of Sun. Didn't bother to show up at all. How are you getting A's, I asked. He says, I watch the videos on the internet like Khan Academy. None of the other students understand the professor. They come to me and I explain the chemistry, how it's solved, how the problems are solved. Okay? So, I mean, there's videos out there. Lesson here, don't have a doctor who went to NYU as an undergrad. <laughs> That's the thing is, this is a serious profession. Can you imagine if they start doing this with airline pilots? Oh, the exam is too hard. You know what they do? With uh, airline pilots, I had a fourth grade teacher. She was one of the best teachers. No, she was a fifth grade teacher. She was one of my favorite teachers. Her husband was an airline pilot for a commercial um, company like United or something. And one of the things she said is that they put you in a little machine and you have to be able to withstand the dizziness that could happen and you have to be able to control the panel while extremely dizzy. So they, they give you an assignment on the panel, yet at the same time, they slowly start to jerk around the machine, right? Until the machine is at some point completely upside down, but you still have to fulfill functions, like with remote controls and everything. So she said to me that he vomited, and he couldn't see, because he wear a mask, right? He vomited. And he said that the only way that he could possibly fulfill the, the functions on the panel was if he had, and, and breathe properly, was if he licked up all his vomit. So he licked it up. Do you want to be a pilot or not? That's the question. That's all it comes down to, right? Do you want what you're asking for or not? Are you willing to pay the price or not? Sometimes the price is really high. Sometimes you can't have what you want if you're not willing to pay the price. So now, now imagine. Imagine if they lowered the bar for pilots, okay? Imagine if they lowered the bar. I mean, we'd be all crashing and dying. Do we, do we want a lower world population? Because that's where we're headed with all this stuff, right? We're going to have a, a lot of, a lot, a lot of incompetent people in different positions. And that's how you're going to have like a world full of problems. Just incompetence. And college has, colleges have sold out to the highest bidders. That's it. They're just businesses. They want to make sure they're pleasing the parents who pay the tuition. And the dean needs to answer back to the alumni who are you know, always supporting the students. This is one reason physicians from first world foreign nations are preferred. All right? So that's crazy. So European and Taiwanese and Korean doctors are now rising above American doctors? Okay. The number of comments who bl blame wokeism for the performance of the students is outstanding. Uh, no, I don't think that it's, it's because of the race of the student at all. I, in fact, I think the richer the kids, the more softer they are. And the, uh, I don't think it has anything to do with uh, affirmative action. All right, so, man, whatever happens with this situation, and I'm all for subbing with the kids, but at there has to, at the same time, be... Um, Mental toughness. We got to teach mental toughness. There's a lot of comments here. People are going crazy in the comments. All right. All right. So we're done with that. We're finished with this. We're going to open up Instagram again. All right. And we're going to read as this is today is the day of Shema'il. And this is the month of Rabi'a Awwal. It's the month of Sayyid al Kunayn alayhi afdal salati wa taslim. Okay.
So, a lot of comments on YouTube, too. First, we have an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, we have initiated Operation Omra for Youth, and we need 10 grand, and we have $5,500. MashaAllah. $5,500. So, what is the web? What is the link? Go to launchgood.com. Go to launchgood. There's no easy link, unfortunately. Go to long, um, launchgood.com. And he will post it, Rai will post it right now at launchgood.com and participate in this vision to now send all of our youth to Umrah once in their life. For every high schooler in the community, we're going to starting with three. You got to start somewhere, right? Starting with three. Just as we started in the year 2022, our goal was one meal a week. That's it. One meal a week. Yeah, that first week is easy, second week is easy. Let's see how we do on week 25 when there's no novelty. The novelty has worn off. That's where, the, that's where you really grind it out. When the novelty is worn off, it's, it's, not as, um, uh, it's not as something new and exciting. No, this is, this is where you're really tested. So likewise, we want to send youth to Umrah, high schooler youth. Before they go to college, we want them to go to Umrah with a scholar. Not just by themselves. They'll probably maybe, you know, be too difficult to go. Even just a family, if they're going for the first time, they need to go with somebody. So Ryan is going to put this in all the chats. Should I look at Facebook or are we connected to Facebook? Uh, we don't have Facebook I'll look it up. And, and we should put it there. So go to launchgood.com. Look up, type in Umrah for Youth. And... We want to pay for three. And the three we've selected have devoted over 200 hours each as individually volunteer hours to the mosque. Do they not deserve it? Right? 200 hours. If they, let, let's do a calculation here. Okay. 200 hours. If they were paid, what's minimum wage? 15 bucks. Okay. That's 3,000 bucks. If they were paid minimum wage... They would have the money to go to Umrah. This Umrah trip is cost 3500 bucks, right? If they were paid minimum wage, they would have went to Umrah. But they volunteered it. They never asked for money. Not once did they ask for money. All right, so YouTubers, Instagrammers, Facebookers, go to launchgood.com right now while we're talking. Okay? And, and sign up. Donate to these kids. Just give me five bucks. That's all I'm saying. Just put five bucks in the bin. That's all it is. Five dollars. All right. You don't need that five dollars. Okay. No, yeah, five bucks. I'm going to put five bucks myself. Okay. Inshallah. Five dollars to send these kids. If each one of us, and there's like, look on YouTube right now, there's 67 people. If 60 people put five bucks, what is the math on that? That's 300 bucks. Well, that's too little. 10 bucks each. Okay? 10 bucks each. 500 bucks each. What's 500 bucks? It's not even a lot of money. Right? So, subhanAllah. 
we really need these kids to uh, to go to Umrah in high school before they go to college. I want them all doing Umrah. Do we have any questions on this? Any comments on this? And let's see what's happening and what's going on. So, so go in and boom, here's one. $25 donation to these kids. Tax deductible. You have, so you have nothing to lose, essentially. Okay. And, and part of this path is not just to call towards deeds to, of that, that benefit you personally, but to call towards sadaqah. Right? And it's in the Quran. To command, to, to call people to sadaqah. All right? So... I would. I think we could knock this all out just today. This five thousand that's left, we can knock it out today. Okay. Hannah says from UK, it's fifteen hundred pounds is the average price to go with the group. That's probably the land package. Then you have to get your own flight. You have to add the flight to that, probably. All right. So we now move to the next segment. The next segment is today is the day for Maliki Fiqh and Sharh of Imam Nawawi's Sahih Muslim. I love this book so much, and we're reading from the chapter on Adhikr wa Dua. Such an amazing book and such an amazing topic. And you can join all this uh, by going to arcview.org and registering there. Hannah says this includes flights. Well, that's a great price, right? What Hannah's saying. That's a great price. Why are prices inflated for the U.S.? Who knows? Prices are inflated. I'm not in the pricing business. I'm in the getting people to come out business. So that's where my role is, is getting people to come out. Okay. What time is Madiki Fiqh? 7 p.m. sharp, Eastern Standard Time. Let's, first, let's look at the prayer time. 6.40. There's no reason not to start at 6 o'clock, right? Uh, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock sharp, Madiki Fiqh. Right, could you post that to uh, Tasneem? On, on the, you put it in the, so we start at 7 o'clock. Maliki Fiqh, and we even may finish, you know, finish that, and then after Aisha, we do Sharh al-Imam Muslim, reading Arabic. All right, all right, good to see everyone's help coming in. MashaAllah, another person has helped out. Okay, thank you so much. Another person has helped out. I've been reading this book. Yeah? Uh, book of Intentions by Habib Saad. Critical. Ibn uh, Arabi. Oh, that's an amazing book. Yeah, and like so, I, whenever there's uh, something, mm-hmm. we look up the intentions you can make for it. Yeah. Um, so he says for sadaqa, number one intention to draw closer to Allah Taala, intend to shield yourself from the anger of your Lord Taala by it, intend to shield yourself from the hellfire, intend to show mercy to your brethren, intend if giving to a relative to strengthen the ties of kinship, intend to assist the weak. Intend mm-hmm. to follow the example of the Prophet ﷺ. Intend to bring joy to your brethren. Intend that by it you may protect and shield yourself and all the Muslimin Allah from calamities. Mm-hmm. Intend to spend from what Allah has provided. And intend to subdue the nafs and, shay- and shaitan. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the, um, the uh, uh, commanding to sadaqah. And this isn't this a great sadaqah? Because you, it's going to happen like it's, it has an impact right away. A, a youth will be going to Umrah for eight days between the mosque of the Prophet and the mosque and the uh, Haram al-Sharif in Mecca. 
it's just an amazing. Um, oh, Ryan, your mic is off. I think uh, it's an amazing. Um, uh, you know, result of your sadaqah. Something you could see right away. All right, let us now move to item number four. We talked about our uh, first segment was mental toughness and the whiners of NYU. Maybe they're not 100% wrong, to be honest, but I just didn't like the way that the guy was just fired like this. But you just never know. Okay, mental toughness. Number two, we talked about Omra for youth. Participate by giving in two, three, four bucks. And I'm seeing right now on the phone all of your contributions coming in one at a time. MashaAllah, another contribution has come in. MashaAllah, a massive contribution has come in. I'm not going to say the brother's name because maybe they want to to, to not be uh, mentioned, but they have just given a massive contribution. So may Allah ta'ala... Uh, you know what, honestly, I want to take the names of all the contributors. All right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take it, I'm going to write it down and take it to both haramain, right, and mention their names in a du'a. So this is something we have to do, right? We're really committed to doing this, to the names of these people who are donating. You don't know how much someone's life can change from Umrah. And you, you couldn't have done it without you. Everything is a group effort now these days, right? So uh, may Allah reward these, these individuals who are... are uh, here's another one, mashallah. Another uh, donation has just come in. So... Out of England, may you all be blessed. So many of you out of England um, are helping out. And here's one from New Jersey. Okay. All these euros are coming in. Okay. MashaAllah. May Allah ta'ala bless you all and bless your children. And cause as you're helping these youth who would have not otherwise been able to go to Umrah. All right. May Allah ta'ala help your youth be able to go to Umrah. Uh, Bilal Qureshi is asking for the donation link. And here it is. Rai's going to put it up right now. Uh, that's on YouTube, yes. Bilal Qurayshi. So there you go. How to donate through PayPal. If you want to do PayPal, yes, you could do PayPal. And we'll just have to take it and, and put it in. And that's through Safina at SafinaSociety.org. That's our PayPal. Safina at SafinaSociety.org if you want to do PayPal. Yeah, because if it's going to launch good, it's going to go straight to launch good. And the reason is that launch good will provide them with the tax deductible statement email. If they go to PayPal, we're going to provide them with that. Uh, link link it on the Instagram too. Yes, we'll link it on Instagram. Why not? Oh, we can only put it on the bio. That's what I hate about Instagram. They don't want anyone leaving. So we have to do it on the Instagram bio. And I just deleted Instagram from my... Can you do that, Ryan? Do you have access to that? Put it on the Instagram bio. So that was segment number... What's that? It's in the chat, okay. So that was segment number three is to talk about Umrah for youth. Uh, Segment number two. Segment number three is today's courses at arcview.org. Online classes, Madiki Fiqh at 7. Then after Salat Aisha, we begin at 8.30. We should... Aisha's now at 8 o'clock, so at 8.15 we begin Sahih Muslims reading from Imam al-Nawi Sharh in the Arabic. We now move to segment number 4 of today's program, which is the reading of Shama'il al-Tirmidhi, one of my favorite books to read from. And every Muslim should be reading from this a little bit every single week. 
right, in order to be close to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as we're commanded to be near to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How do we how do we be near? Uh, Maham is saying LaunchGood does have a PayPal option. Well, we gotta find that out. Okay. Okay. And she says you can share the link on your Instagram stories. Right, Ismail Khatib says, "Where's the link? It's right there, uh, uh, Safina Saidi's um, face, uh, YouTube account has just posted the link there. Okay, so just paste it again, just for the sake of it. Now we read from the Shema'il. Mashallah, a lot of you have coming out big and coming up big. Uh, now we're at seven thousand three hundred twenty-six dollars out of ten thousand. And this is all going to these Shabab youth, three Shabab, who have given without any reservation to the masjid. And next year, 10. We're going to shoot for 10 next year. All right? 10 Shabab to go to Umrah next year. But this time, with an application. There's going to be an application. And the application is going to ask you only three things. Have you been to Umrah ever? Because we have to never have been to Umrah before or Hajj. Number two, obviously you can't afford it. So that's the, we, we, we're not going to give it to somebody who can afford it, right? Number three, a reference from your local masjid, okay? That you're involved in any way, shape, and form because we want you to go to Umrah, you know, uh, we want to encourage people to be involved in their masjid. Then they go to Umrah. And it transforms. But even that number three, just at least you have some semblance, but that's not 100% necessary, but it's, it will be a priority. It can't be that the person who, who gives 100 hours to the mosque and the person who gives zero hours to the mosque, they can't be equal. I'd like to take them both. But if, I have, if this committee has to choose, then it's got to be the one who gave a little bit more effort. Okay. So that's what we're ultimately... You never know who's going to benefit. It could be a complete person who's completely out of the picture and they benefit the most. And that's an argument too, by the way, that someone who's totally out of the picture would benefit more and needs it more than the person who is always in the masjid. Yeah, that makes total sense. I understand that. But if both are applying, then the one who put effort cannot be equal to the one who put no effort. So that's why we're going to ask that question. Very simple ambition here and very simple operation. And also, we want them to go with one of the teachers, one of the, whether it's, whether I go on the trip, Harun, maybe next year it'll be Harun. Harun and Ryan. You want to go, imagine you go to Umrah with Harun, and we have sisters, by the way, from the part-time program who are going. So these are students of knowledge. And they're going to be mingling with these high schoolers. That's the goal. It's not just any old Umrah, just go. No, we want them mingling with the students of knowledge. And the teachers. Here at Arkview and Darul Fatih. And the students. So, on to the Shama'il. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Babu ma jaa fi buka'i Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Haddathana Suwayd ibn Nasr. Haddathana Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak. The famous and great scholar Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak. He is from the second or third generation. 
I think. He's definitely from the first three generations. عن حماد بن سلمة عن ثابت عن مطرف وهو ابن عبد الله بن الشخ ابن الشخير مطرف عن أبي قال أتيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وهو يصلي ولجوفه أزيز كأزيز المرجل من البكاء and this is one of the the major signs of khushu' is that a person weeps okay. person weeps at this at the recitation of the Quran he was doing salah because of crying All right such a sound emitted from his chest as if it was a boiling pot that's how intense it was zila x is asking how how do you go to umrah from uh, UK, you can join this package. We haven't even publicized the link unless we've given it to the patrons. But you just get the land package and you meet us there. If you're in America, you come take a train or a plane to JFK and you meet us. Okay. JFK Airport. Back to the hadith. An Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu qala qala liya rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam iqra'a فقلت يا رسول الله سيد عبد الله بن مسعود saying أقرأ عليك وعليك أنزل should I recite it to you when it was revealed to you قال إني أحب أن أسمعه من غيري the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said I'd love to hear the Quran from others from someone other than myself فقرأت سورة النساء فقرأت سورة النساء so he began to recite from سورة النساء حتى بلغت وَجِئْنَا بِكَ عَلَى هَؤُلَاءِ شَهِيدًا We've brought you, O Muhammad, upon all of these people as a witness to the truth. Subhanallah. قَالَ فَرَأَيْتُ عَيْنَيْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَسَلَّمُ تَحْمِلًا I saw the eyes of the Messenger of Allah, صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Weeping. Okay. Pouring. With weeping of the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Subhanallah. That's how. See how he translates this. Yes, tears flowing like a river. Okay, from the eyes of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Haddathana Qutayba, haddathana Jarir, an Ata ibn Saib, an Abihi, an Abdullah ibn Amr, inqal. انكسفت الشمس يوما على عهد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم. There was a kusuf, a solar eclipse. Kusuf is when the moon, the the moon comes between the earth and the sun. Kusuf with a kh is when the earth comes between the moon and the sun. So kusuf is at nighttime, and the sunnah is to pray two rakahs at home. When, when the when the moon is being eclipsed, and when the sun is being eclipsed, it's to pray two rakahs in the masjid, but these uh, in jama'ah, and these two rakahs though they're very different. These two rakahs are are done with two rukuas. So Fatiha surah rukuah, sami Allahu liman hamida. Fatiha surah again, rukuah, sami Allahu liman hamida. Then you go in sujud. That's 
that you do that two, for two rakas. So two rukuas, two fatih has two recitations, two rukuas per raka. Very unique salah. And it's supposed to be long too. So we have here from Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As that there was a kusuf during the time of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَقَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى He prayed so long that we didn't think he's ever going to make rukuah. ثُمَّ رَكَى فَلَمْ يَكَدْ يَرْفَعُ And he didn't, it seemed that he would not come out of rukuah. ثُمَّ رَفَعَ رَأْسَ Then he came back out, out of rukuah. فَلَمْ يَكَدْ أَنْ يَسْجُدْ It would seem like he would not make sujood because his qiyam out of rukuah in which you're supposed to be th- thank Allah for it okay at, at that time you're supposed to be giving shukr the, uh, you make rukuah you're making tasbih of Allah you make qiyam out of rukuah you're making shukr to Allah there's a position there's a ibadah for everyone standing for Qur- uh, Quran rukuah tasbih qiyam again rafa' min al-rukuah rising out of rukuah shukr lillah sujood dua sitting between the two sujood, dua. Sujood again, dua. Then the sitting, the tashahud, is your greeting to Allah and salah and salam on the Prophet ﷺ, and you close with dua. ثُمَّ سَجَدَ فَلَمْ يَكُدْ أَنْ يَرْفَعَ رَأْسَ لَمْ يَكُدْ أَنْ يَرْفَعَ رَأْسَ Then he made sujood and it seemed like he wouldn't even raise his head out of sujood. ثُمَّ رَفَعَ رَأْسَهُ Then he raised his head. And so on. فَلَمْ يَكُدْ yeah, and yesterday, then it seems like he's sitting so long, it's not, he's not going to make the second sajjad. Then, thumma sajjad. Then he made a second sajjad. Alhamdulillah. Then he made a second sajjad. فَلَمْ يَكَدْ أَنْ يَرْفَعَ رَأْسَ And it seems that he would not raise his head. فَجَعَلَ يَنْفُخُ وَيَبْكِي We heard him breathing so heavily and weeping. وَيَقُولْ رَبِّ أَلَمْ تَعِدْنِي أَلَّا تُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنَا فِيهِمْ Oh, my Lord, have you not promised me that you would never punish them, torture them, while I am amongst them? Rabbi, alam ta'idni, Allah tu'adhibahum wa hum yastaghfirun. My Lord, have you not promised me that you will not punish us while me were making istighfar? Okay, these are verses of the Quran that there's a promise from Allah. As long as the messenger is amongst you, he would not punish you. As long as you're making istighfar, he would not punish you. And here we are, the Prophet said, وَنَحْنُ نَسْتَغْفِرُكَ We seek your forgiveness now. فَلَمَّا صَلَّى رَكْعَتَيْنِ جَلَتِ الشَّمْسِ After these two long rak'ahs, the, sh- the sun was back to normal. فَقَامَ فَحَمِدَ اللَّهُ وَأَثْنَ عَلَيْهِ Then he stood up, he praised Allah, he thanked Allah, and he gave a speech. قَائِلًا إِنَّ الشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ آيَتَانِ مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ The sun and the moon are two signs from the signs of Allah. They don't eclipse or get eclipsed for the life or death of anybody. So they're not eclipsing for people as it was thought in the old ancient times that some great person was born or some great person died. If the kusuf happens, flee to the remembrance of Allah. Now you might say, you flee to the remembrance of Allah because... In the ancient times, in the old days, in the ancient times, people didn't know why the sun was eclipsing, so they were scared. But now we know, right? Now we know that uh, the sun is eclipsing just because of the orbit. So what's the point then? 
why do we have to pray? Because we're not scared. We know exactly when it's going to happen and why it's going to happen. Well, if we know when it's going to happen and why it's happening, that indicates a degree of precision of knowledge that is a proof of knowledge for the Creator. And knowledge and will and control and order are attributes that must have an agent. They must be in a being. Precision, control, knowledge, accuracy, perfection. All right? Uh, uh, harmony. All these things moving harmoniously to the point that we can predict when they're going to cross paths. This is not, not a proof of a creator. So that's why we prostrate today. Today we don't prostrate out of any fear or any superstition. We pray Salat al-Khusuf and Kusuf and they're synonymous as mentioned in the Hadith because they are one of the greatest signs of the existence of an intelligent creator, a knowledgeable creator. Alim, not intelligent. We, shouldn't, we don't necessarily use the word intelligence, but a knowledgeable, powerful, in control creator who is Badia like innovative in the sense of bringing something that you never expected at all times Allah is bringing us something we never expected there's never a time if you want to be if you genuinely want to be surprised and I want to be in awe you can be in awe Allah Ta'ala will create something for you that will put you in a complete state of awe and this ability for human beings to calculate the orbits of the stars to such precision that we know at what time and from where on the earth we're going to witness an eclipse. And we can tell this from decades back, that we have a schedule of eclipses going forward. Does this not indicate a creative force that's putting all this in complete order this way? So that's why he deserves Salat al-Khusuf and Kusuf. It's, just, it's, it's a sign. Ayatan, the Prophet said, of knowledge, of perfection, of harmony in the universe, which harmony has to come from unity. So the creator is one. If I, if, if I uh, controlled my car and you controlled your, your car and we're supposed to drive together in a perfect harmony because I have a different will than you, at some point we're going to crash. If there were multiple creators managing these orbits, they would crash eventually. So... Order is the indicator of oneness of the creator. And mathematical precision is an indicator of knowledge. That this creator has knowledge. Order, control, knowledge are attributes that cannot just exist, float around. They must exist in a being. They must be the attributes of a being. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. That's the, the, the rational or philosophical definition of God is... That being which possesses these qualities that we can see with our own two eyes. The rational and philosophical definition of God. With our own mind, we can tell these things. But we need revelation now to tell us more. Such as, what is Allah's name? What are his other attributes? What does he want from us? What else did he create that we can't see? Such as the soul in the afterlife. Time check. Almost done. وحدثنا محمود بن غيلان حدثنا أبو أحمد حدثنا سفيان عن عطاء بن السائب عن عكرمة عن ابن عباس رضي الله تعالى عنهما 
قال أخذ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم ابنة له تقضي فاحتضنها فوضعها بين يديه فماتت وهي بين يديه وصاحت أم أيمن فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم التبكين عند رسول الله أم أيمن was beloved the, the, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم had two people lived in his house that were not part of his family Umm Ayman and Zayd bin Thabit uh, Zayd bin Haritha Zayd bin Haritha was the Prophet's adopted son at the time he was called Zayd ibn Muhammad and Umm Ayman was a helper in the house of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam okay for for years okay so they married and her daughter was on her deathbed she was about to die. The Prophet ﷺ took her and, and she died in the Prophet's hands. So Umm Ayman began to weep and he said, He said to her, Do you weep in front of the Prophet of God? And she said, I see you weep. You're weeping too. I'm not weeping for loss. This is mercy. It's mercy, it's love, it's compassion, it's tenderness. The mu'min is in good in all times. See, this is aqidah right here. And this is what will, it completely dislodges a lot of emotional and mental states of, of, of woe is me. The Prophet has said it, therefore we have to find it. The Prophet has said, You're in all good ala kulli hal. In every state that you're in, only good things are happening to you. It may be painful. That doesn't mean it's not good. Okay? It may be painful. It may be you don't understand it. Maybe something that is not understood by you. But it's still good. Okay? It's good for you. What does good mean? It means the end result of this, the future, will make your situation better than it was before. That's what good means. That means in the future, the overall situation, the aggregate, will be better than it is now because of this incident. How do you say that it's going to be better when she lost a child? How do you know what kind of maqam her and her child will be in by them both having to go through this? The daughter has to die and the mother has to face the death. But because of that, they will be in a high maqam. So now someone may say, well, why doesn't Allah just put him in a high maqam uh, by, by himself? Why do they have to go through this? We say to you, you don't ask why Allah does what he does. Don't ask these questions. In the sense of, you can't ask, well, why would Allah do this? Why didn't he do this? No. This is how the creation is. The creation is created, as Allah said, with asbab. Everything in this creation, you cannot have an end without means. There have to be means. You cannot have a reward without a price. It just doesn't exist. So don't ask the question, why can't Allah give us the reward without the price? Would you accept that Allah gives you the punishment without having committed sins? Flip it now. Because if you want to say, well, why wouldn't Allah reward her and her daughter without this trial and tribulation? Okay, fine. You're asking for that. Everything in the world is created in pairs. If you get one pair, you get the opposite pair. Would you like Allah to punish people without them committing sins? 
If you want one, you have to get the other. You cannot set, want one thing yourself, all good yourself. The way that the world is created is with means. Okay, That's how the world is created. So everything does have a price. And if they could not fulfill the price of years of worship to attain the rank, then they get the, Allah pays the price, uh, pays their, makes them pay their price by sabr, because he wants them to reach a certain rank. So if you want to know why people backbite you, or why bad things happen to you, well, Allah wants a rank for you. Your worship couldn't reach you that rank. So he pours some calamities on you that makes you have sabr, and that's what causes you to reach your rank. That's what ala khair means. They're in good, meaning that whatever is happening either is the reward of something good, or it's the seed to produce more reward. إِنَّ نَفْسَهُ تُنْزَعُ مِنْ بَيْنِ وَهُوَ يَحْمَدُ اللَّهَ The mu'min, even, even, the Prophet ﷺ saying, his soul is being taken out of his body. The scariest thing that could happen, death. The mu'min will reach a level that even when he sees the angel of death taking the soul, he says, Alhamdulillah. Because this, is the seed, this pain is a seed for a greater good. The mu'min is either reaping a reward or he's investing. The hardship is an investment. The blessing is a reward. In every situation, he says, Alhamdulillah. Right? So, the Prophet ﷺ has told us, this is our emotional state. Now, you work to get there. You don't collapse in whatever emotional state you want to collapse into and then ask for the world to, to, to fix itself, for, for that to, to align itself with this emotional state. Or that we all have to align ourselves to that emotional state. No, the Prophet gives us an emotional state. And that emotional state, or hal, or whatever you want to call it, or aqidah, whatever term that you want to use, is that we are in khair. Yes, I may be in pain. Yes, I may not know why something is happening, or I may be shocked by it. But Allah has given us the conclusion, if you are a believer in me, you, this is good for you. So you have to be in that emotional state first, and that spiritual state, and that belief state, before you can even see the good. You won't be able to see the good. And if you come with the attitude, oh, where is the good? I can't see it. How could you say this is good? It's not good for you. You're not a mu'min. At least in this situation, you don't have faith. So it's not good for you. It is bad for you. If you want to change your situation, change your attitude first. Allah does not change a people's situation until they change what's in themselves. Change your attitude. The Prophet is giving you the emotional state in this hadith. المؤمن بكل خير على كل حال. Only if you're in that emotional state will you be able to see the goodness and the wisdom behind all this. وعن عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم قبل عثمان بن مضعون وهو ميت وهو يبكي. عثمان بن مضعون was an amazing Sahabi. He entered Islam and the Prophet ﷺ, and he worshipped Allah so much the Prophet had to actually cool him down. And Uthman ibn Mad'un was the Sahabi whom the Messenger peace be upon him said or he said that the Prophet continued to ask, invite me to Islam until I became embarrassed. And I only accepted Islam out of embarrassment. Then after the Prophet recited إِنَّ اللَّهِ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِيْتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَيَنْهَى عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكِرِ in Salah, he recited this, that I, Iman entered my heart. And when Iman entered his heart, he would not stop. 
praying all night, wearing the roughest garments, fasting all day, until his wife complained. And then the Prophet ﷺ had to cool him down in his abad, live a little bit, and worship a little bit, sleep a little bit, and wake up for prayer a little bit, eat a little bit, and fast a little bit, so on and so forth. Next hadith says, An Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, qala shahidna ibnatan li rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. A daughter of the Prophet, meaning a granddaughter, meaning, uh, oh, sorry, one of the daughters of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She passed away. Wa rasulullah jalisun ala al-qabr. The Prophet sat at the grave. Fara'aytu aynayhi tadma'an. His eyes were weeping. Faqala afikum rajulun لم يقارف الليلة قال أبو طلحة أنا قال أنزل فنزل في قبرها okay. and this hadith states that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam it was Ummi Kalthum the daughter of the prophet peace be upon him tears were flowing from his eyes he said All right, is there anyone who had not had sexual relations this evening Abu Talha said no I didn't he said, then, come with me. And they entered the grave. Okay. And it, this was a hint. This was a hint. All right. That he did not want, say, North Man to come down because it was a bit intense. Because he knew that Sayyidina Uthman uh, had been with one of his slave girls that night. That is one of the explanations of why the Prophet would say that. Otherwise, there is no rule about, uh, about that. There's no rule that, some, that there's any sexual relation limitations on burying somebody. But it's just something that he did, he wanted, he did not want Sayyidina Uthman, he wanted someone else. And Allah knows best, but it is not a ruling that you can you have to have not have had any intimate relations in order to go down into a grave. Prophet ﷺ said about Sayyidina Uthman, "If I had one hundred daughters and everyone died one after another, I would marry each one to Sayyidina Uthman." That's how perfect he was of a husband. That the Prophet would say such a thing about him. All right, we are finished with segment number four of today's program. Let's review, if in case you missed today's program, what we did today was we talked about a really interesting story that points to a lot of the change of the new generation. Uh, there is a degree of a need to adapt, but not at the sense, I, I, my perspective on it is it's, it's a need to adapt with an extra emphasis on mental toughness because the ways of the world have softened everybody. We're all, everyone's soft. But toughness is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful quality that we need. That's number one. Second segment is that we talked today about sending youth to Umrah. And we're going to be having Umrah trips. Now, you notice a lot of Umrah trips are for like students of knowledge and, and, and polder people. And I think these are the least people who need Umrah. What, who needs, the people who need Umrah are the high schoolers before they go to college. So when we do Umrah, we're going to be targeting high schoolers. 
and not all high schoolers can afford it and their parents can afford it. So we've, we've established a, a little fund and our target this year is such a doable target. Three students to send to Umrah and Rai is, is, has put the link up everywhere. A launch good. How are we doing on the, on the target, Rai? Could you stick your, open your mic and tell us how we're doing? Are we? 7, we're at 76, $7,600. We need, and by the way, thank you so much to all the people out of England. What we need is 10,000 some dollars. Okay. We need 10,000 some dollars to do this, to send. It's 10,000 and what? Six, $10,600. And we're almost there. We are almost there. We are literally three less than $3,000 away. $10,485 is the exact price to send three Shabab to Umrah. Okay? We're now at $7,601. So that was segment number two of our program. Go to Launch Good and participate in the Segment number three of our program, we said today on ArcView, is Madiki Fiqh at 7 o'clock. And then the more advanced class, reading from the Arabic of Imam al-Nawi Sharh, commentary on Sahih Muslim, on the chapter of Bab al-Dhikri wa dua And this uh, chapter, uh, this reading that we have, inshallah ta'ala, is it's, it's really powerful. It's going to be at 8.15 p.m. If you want to be part of this, go to arcview.org and either sign up for basic or, or plus. Uh, uh, item number four on our program today was the reading of the Shema, which we completed. Now we're on segment number five, questions and answers. And we're only going to be able to take 20 minutes worth, unfortunately. 20 minutes worth of questions, so let's see. Uh, Sophia, as a reminder, Patreon YouTube membership. If you like this podcast, if we keep you company while you're in England and it's raining and you're depressed, so you need to turn on the Nothing But Facts live stream to pick you up a little bit. It's raining 85% of the times in England, if not more, 97% of the time in England in some places. So you need something to pick you up, and that is the Nothing But Facts live stream, and you got a lot of company. Look at all these chats. Look at all, scroll, 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 all the chatting and chit-chat. People made friends here. Maybe someday someone will get married from the Nothing But Facts live, live stream. So if you like it, you support it by either being a YouTube member or going to patreon.com backslash Society. And you could support this podcast because that's how it runs. Do you see that we have any commercials? No, no commercials. Question from Moab. Are the hukuk of grandparents the same as parents? Yes, they are in terms as long as they do not conflict with the parents. In terms of dependence, if you are the dependent of your parents, then yes, you obey your grandparents. If your grandmother says, go get me, my packet of pills and a cup of water, you go get her a packet of pills and a cup of water. You're obligated to obey them in that regard. They have the right to tell you what to do. I can't wait till I'm a grandparent because I don't have to do any of the work of parenthood, but I get to tell my grandkid what to do. Get me this, get me that. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, the uh, prophet did say, make bir which is obedience and goodness, make it easy on your children. In other words, don't be so overbearing. Secondly, after you're no longer a dependent, 
or the wife marries, or the son is no longer dependent, then the birr al-walidayn at that point is not that the parents will give the kids orders, but rather that he must make sure they're happy. And if they run on hard times, he has to support them. Sophia says, you always forget the rest of us in Europe. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, there are some English speakers in the Netherlands, in Germany, in France, and we're putting together a YouTube channel or, or a, a YouTube playlist for the French Muslims who are suffering. Snake juice with a skull. You want to marry this guy? Okay. Hey, Dad, I got... I got I, uh, I'm interested in a guy that I met on the internet. His name is snakejuice.com. Okay, uh, snakejuice, email snakejuice, send him a private message. Send in a full resume with a picture. Maybe a picture of your skull, I guess, an x-ray, because that's what he's given you. But Snake Juice needs to get married, man. Let give the guy a chance... All right. Oh, he's in California, so he's cool. All right. And he's basking in the sun. So maybe, hey, British sisters out there, you want to get get out of this miserable rain, okay? It doesn't matter that you're marrying a snake oil salesman, but that's okay. You're being California at least, okay? So send over an application. Hey, maybe we should extend Mawadda to online. That is so dangerous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But why don't we give? Why don't we make Moedda a sponsor, and if and we can organize online marriages? Let's just ask Hassan if he wants to do it. Hey, it's going to be him. It's not going to be me, right? Let's ask Hassan. Hassan Osmani. What? What do you think, Rai? Rai thinks it's a disaster. Well, let's just see if he wants to do it. Hey, Hassan, uh, you know that on the Nothing But Facts live stream, there's a lot of people who talk to each other and they meet each other for the first time especially in miserable old rainy old England and Europe, right, where they don't have anything to do. And they have, to, well, they have stuff to do, but they need to be picked up by watching the Nothing But Facts live stream. So they get to meet each other. So what do you think of having an Amawadda uh, format for them that they could go in, put their files together and put in a way on a website where they could all look at each other's files? Would you be interested in that? Uh, it's like a matrimonial service. It's going to be your name. It's not going to be my name on it. Hey, listeners out there, don't ever come and complain to me and say, oh, I got married on uh, Dr. Shady's platform. No, you didn't. It's going to be the Mawadda platform because I'm not having any liability and responsibility. But if Hassan, if you want to do it, you can do it um, because we do have people who are, who are always looking to get married. By the way, Hassan, this is today's episode, Tuesday. I'm like I'm literally messaging you on the episode. So. All right, snake juice. You initiated this snake juice. Snake juice initiated this. What's wrong with people getting to know each other? But there's got to be some format, and Ryan thinks it's probably a train wreck of an idea. Well, it could be, right? But it'll be on uh, Hassan Osmani's. Uh, we'll put it on his on his plate. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. Okay. Uh, what else we got here? If I decide to leave my family because there are issues, am I sinful? Well, if, if you can pay your own way, then technically you're not really sinful. But if they need you, you have to be able to help them. You got to be able to help them. 
Snake juice continues. I'm not looking. I have wonderful brothers that actually do send me their applications and I feel bad. Wait, Snake Juice is a sister? Brothers are sending... Whoa, hey brothers, you are in for a ride. Her name, Snake Juice is a sister. And she says, no, 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 looking for a friend, asking for a friend. That's what she said. If a man's parents are old and they have nowhere else to live except with him, how does he convince his wife if she's against this? It doesn't matter if she's against it or not. You have to take your parents in. It's an obligation. But you have to make sure that she's comfortable too. So she's got to accept that this is an obligation in Islam. And if, her, if it happened to her parents, then her brother would have to take them in. If her brothers can't take them in, then the sons-in-law must take them in. So no convincing necessary. This is fart. Okay, but it's just that this is far, it's going to happen. Now the question is, how can we make sure everyone's happy in this new arrangement? Maybe you have to take out some loans and build an extension to the house. Of course, that doesn't exist in England where the houses are like this big and there are neighboring houses just like a row like this. There's no such thing as building an extension to the house. Not like the homes here in America, at least in the suburbs. Hamza Azizi says, I owe qada of fajr, a lot. I owe a lot of fajr. Should I skip the raghiba and pray qada? Yes. I'm so happy to see how much this channel has grown, says R2D2. I haven't participated much as a viewer, but I've been watching since the third live stream. What are we on now, right? 115? Wow, subhanAllah. MashaAllah. Well, thank you for your support, R2-D2. We need it. All right. Oh, so Snake Juice is a guy. All right. Turns out he is a guy. He's not a woman. My bad. My bad. But he's asking for a friend. He himself doesn't want to do it. Reggie Evans loves the idea. Okay. No, I think we could do this. Let's see if Hassan replied. Let's see. No, he, he probably has a job like some of these other people. What does Hassan do? He has a job? I thought he's a businessman. M says she feels attacked as a as a Brit. Yeah. Wallahi, I, I lived in England and it six, took me six months and my personality started to change and wilt and wilt and wilt away. Right? Like a sun that was just getting eclipsed because of the rain and the weather. I did find a way to love it all. I have to say that. I did find a way to, to totally enjoy it. Snake juice is all about this. It's a great idea. There are a lot of single brothers and sisters that are on their dean and they meet each other. If you're on nothing but facts, pretty much we know what you're all about because you wouldn't, be t you wouldn't tolerate listening to me talk about the things that I talk about if you didn't agree with them, right? Because we don't mince words here about any group and there's a reason for that. If I minced words, then the audience would be all mixed and really wouldn't be clear what we believe and what we don't, what we do and what we don't. Okay? So I really think there's a potential here. Um, let's send Hassan a, a message. Hey, Hassan, think seriously about this. You put up a website and we'll get these petitions from the Safina Society online students on YouTube. And they're all about this. They want you to do it. So um, think about it. We'll pay for it, but you have to, you have to do it. You, you got to... Uh, Manage it. 
online petitions and that they could see the profiles of people without their names, I'm 23 years old, I'm in England, I'll marry anyone to get me out of here, something like that. I'm a Hanafi, okay? I'm all about mental toughness, whatever you want to talk about, put your attributes, no name. And then people can ask about that profile. That's how simple is that, right? It's a halal way, no pictures. Pictures can come later between you and your family when you're discussing with the person. Rai, are you still skeptical? Rai's like, nah, this is a disaster. Okay. No, Snake Juice is, is a dude, by the way, just to make it clear. I don't even have a reason. Uh, there's no reason, but just the feeling of... Uh... Yeah, Rai has a bad feeling about it, but we got to try to... Um, we have to try to do something for these people. It stinks. See, Rai is all like well-endowed and everything. That's why you're not worried about marriage. Right? I don't, I don't know about that. He's well endowed. He, everyone knows it. Right? And that's why he's not worried about marriage. Okay? But... Uh, no, my, my skepticism is about the online. The like, skepticism about people not representing themselves truthfully online. I like it in, in the community. You know the person's yeah. family. Yeah. This could be a whole, like... Uh, yep. You can make up a whole identity of yourself online. That's the problem. You can be a fake online. But here's the thing, though. At the same time, you could be a fake, but the audience, ArcView and Sophie Inside audience is, it's not so massive. It's, you're, you know what you're getting. If you listen to this type of podcast, two people who listen to this stuff, and they tolerate my, my slashing and burning and jokes and mockery of certain things, that means they're going to have the same, they're going to be on the same philosophical wavelength in a lot of things, right? And that, isn't that one of the major things in marriage? Who's, who, who did you put in the penalty box, right? Rye just put someone in the penalty box, folks. Okay. Snake Juice, you are the innovator of a what I think is a good sunnah, and Ryan thinks it's a train wreck. We'll have to see. Okay. Swift K asks a very serious question. How do we reach Wilaya? It's, it's actually very simple in theory, and it takes a lot of effort. And the simple in theory is that you study knowledge and aqidah and fiqh from its sources, and you study the science of tasawwuf from its sources, the accurate, correct sources, what we try to provide on ArcView online virtually, and you practice it to the best of your capability with an, a special focus on uh, dhikr. And you persist on this, and you help people to become beloved to Allah. You help people as much as possible. And then you, uh, inshallah, Allah will witness, Allah is, is, it will recognize and accept your ibadah to the point that he will make you one of the elect. Uh, the Baha'i Bee comes with a pun. She says, is this turning into shadi.com? Very funny. Very funny. Uh, it was just a matter of time for that j- joke to come out. What to do, says Sayyid Muhammad, if a student of knowledge's family keeps needing help to the point that many times he can't pay or dedicate as much time to study, if it's your family that is, uh, like your mom and dad need help, okay, then at that point, you, that's your ibadah. That's your ibadah. And it's superior to studying knowledge. Maybe Allah is going to give you something deeper. So you should do it. Help them. 
Bushra Begum. Yes, I love England. I did get used to it, but now that I'm back here, I'm used to the sun. I'm solar powered. I need that sun. But I could get used to any situation, although my preference is the sun. Asim83, my nine-year-old son, just told me he wants to come to Umrah again, and this time, not with us, but with Safina Society. All right, uh, he wants to come with Dr. Shadi. All right, you probably got to give him two more years, or how's this for a deal? Send him with us, and you come on your own Umrah, so you're within the vicinity if an emergency happens. How's that? Right, and that's what some people are doing. Their teenagers are coming with us, but the parents are coming on their own package so that they'll be in the vicinity if there's an emergency. So I could say, come get your kid. There are some people that are on their dean and they only have cats as companions. What's the best way to show gratitude to Allah? Always speak that the ni'mah is from Allah. Say it. The ni'mah is from Allah. Enjoy it in the halal. Not, in other words, not in the haram. And number three, give back what you can to the people. Imagine telling your parents that you found this person on the Nothing But Facts YouTube live chat. Some people are finding their uh, spouses and in a lot of other places, like some of these apps that, that are almost more like, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tinder, what is it? Tinder and all these apps. I don't know what they're called. Hannah Montana, is that, is that uh, the founder of uh, Moedda? Is that her? Hannah, okay, yes, it is her. It is her. Your Moedda operation, Hannah, has gotten to become like the subjects of the chat today. And what I'm suggesting is a very, very, very simple website that people put in submissions of their age, their whatever it is, and then we typed it out in like almost like a card, and it, it's on the website. Sisters and brothers. And it's just text. No names. And if you're interested in somebody, you send us your profile. And then we email you back. That person. Checks my text. Hassan said to, to, to do it. Um, uh, so it's all by text. And we email that person. Say, hey, so-and-so is interested in you. Are you interested in talking? Let's see what Hassan said. Actually had an idea similar to this before, but basically what we wanted to do is for one of the events, we wanted to have uh, you or any you know scholar in the area kind of talk about um, you know the Islamic way of courting someone and things of that nature, so that people can know. Uh, but we felt like if it was going to be at an in-person event, people wouldn't really show up for it. At least guys, because you know um, they're I don't know they have the stigma or ego problem. But, um, uh, but I think if we if we partnered and did it on the podcast itself, where you did like a two-part series saying, um, or sorry, your Tuesday, whatever this is right now, whatever you messaged me from, yeah. um, and like have some sort of talks uh, on, you know, Islamic courtship and things like that. That way, the listeners from outside, um, they can listen as well. And then what we could do is we could drop the, what, the registration link on it um, and then have, yeah, people can ask you questions, right, about going on the process. And then we drop the form and they can sign up from what the, um, and then we can start matching them on the back end. You know, even if their location is in England or somewhere else, you know, that doesn't stop us from sort of matching them with other potentials in their area or outside of their area. Um, and yeah, so if you're down to do something like that, I, the only thing I would be against, I would probably be against people looking at each other's profiles because then, you know, you're basically just doing what Mazmach and Minder do. It's not the, there's no, you know, privacy for, for both people, both parties, but obviously, especially for the sisters. Um, so let me know what you think. Uh, I don't know. 
ascultăm. Okay, I have a question. So if a person goes onto the website and does not see any bio data, how do they how do you know that they're interested? How do they become interested? So what I was thinking is that their bio data should be there somewhere and they say, Oh, I'm interested in this person, they're a match for me, twenty three years old, Hanafi, uh, anti woke, whatever. I'm interested in this person. Uh, England and I'm in England, blah blah blah. Like if we if they can't see the bio data, how do you know people are interested? All right, see, this is rolling. Snake juice. I'm telling you, it's his name in the profile that got my attention. We're, 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 it's, it's real. All right, but you all have to watch, um, what is it called? The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist to make sure that you don't get catfished. But honestly, the fun of it is going to see the look on Ryan's face when we actually launch this thing and he's going to be like shaking his head. <laughs> Okay. Snake Juice says, if she's anti-woke, she's a keeper. Game over. If she says I'm anti-woke and I'm against all this nonsense, boom. Marry right away. Ask questions later. Okay. Let's see one more thing because this could happen. We could do it. Hassan's recording audio. If he takes care of the management, right? He takes care of the management. Habib agrees with you? What is he saying? I'm with Ryan. If if Hassan and Hannah take care of the, the, all of the the logistics and the website and they run the operation, then so right now the way it's done is like the team matches people based on the application itself. They kind of sift through it and see how interests align and things like that. But we can have honestly mix it. It would make it easier for the for us if it's like a crowdsource. You choose, but yep. um, the, the way we've been going so far is that. We end up doing the matching on the back end based on interests and other things, uh, and then they say yes or no to moving forward. Oh, okay. So the way they do it is the way they do it. Everybody is that you put what you desire in a person, and then they see if there's a match, and then they connect you. It doesn't make a difference as long as it's that. That's the if they have a methodology, then all we're literally doing is sharing the link and talking about it. So Hassan, uh, why don't you come on? Okay. Why don't you bring the Moed the leadership? And they could talk about it. The Moedashi leadership is a brother and a sister, a husband and a wife. And we got a ton of people here who are, who are probably interested in this, right? And wouldn't it be cool? A, a California-England marriage. That's got to be pretty fun, right? Uh, so, Hassan, we'll make this happen. You guys work it the way you guys want to do it. Uh, you, since you're the managers and the founders of the operation. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll just make an appointment. And you can come onto the stream even. Okay, um, and you could bring Hannah to come on the stream too and explain Mawadda to everybody and it could have an online presence now uh, through all of the Safina Saidi students and the Nothing But Facts viewers. And we're going to have a special camera on Ryan's face the whole time uh, as he thinks that this is a... He's very skeptical about the idea, but we'll see. All right, so there it is. Snake juice, I hope you're happy. 
you did this with your with your with your, with your uh, messaging. You're the one who did this. So snake juice. Okay. Sophia says, whoa, 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 what's snake juice all about? This was my idea. Sophia says, yeah, she did talk about it. And she did actually match, try to match people before here, I think she did, right? Uh, she said, I've been mentioned it a few t- streams ago. And Sophia is saying, no, no, I get the credit. Okay, it's my idea. But either way, they're both ideas. Hey, maybe you're actually a match for each other. You're already arguing, right? So uh, might as well finish the job and get married. Uh, all right, so here we go. They will match the applications based upon what you say of what you're interested in. So that way it's not like fishing for people, right? And you don't get to, to just be looking on, uh, looking at people's profiles. Very productive live stream, I have to say. Now that we have a, 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 a matrimonial element to the live stream, how crazy is that, right? You never know what's going to happen. So let's just try it, Okay. People are sick of these dating apps. I always tell people, you want to get married? Join a religious circle. Because people of Dean, they tend, not to say everybody, but they, because people are being cooked here. They, they have similar beliefs. They have similar way of living, similar expectations. If you're coming to a class on aqidah and fiqh, it's understood that you have a similar mentality of how life should be and what the purpose of life is. So that's, and, and they're going to be conservative. That means you're not going to have somebody who ideally is going to be somebody who is like an out of control type of person. Okay. An out of control type of person uh, or uh, a, uh, a person with far off views on things. Let's see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you very much. And I think tomorrow we're going to get on this. I'm going to see Hassan tonight at the masjid and we'll get on this. Why not? Let's give it a shot. And if you have an experience, Mawadda has no liability towards you. So they will connect people together, right? You have similar profiles. We connect you together. It's now between you and your families and yourselves. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله